Like I'm in incredible shape right now, but aesthetically, if I took my, <laughs> if I took my shirt off, I'd be like, do you really want to get <laughs> so the other day, uh, so I'm I'm 42 now, and uh, um, Orange Theory is like a co competition base. Uh, they have like challenges. So the other day it was the mile challenge. So people will, um, um, you know, get on the treadmill and you know try and run a mile as fast as they can. So the best you can run is putting it on 12 miles an hour, and it's a five minute mile. So I got there, I put it on 12, and ran a five-minute mile. I've done it before, so I kind of knew that I would do it. Um, people that are 12, 15 years younger than me can't run a five-minute mile. So then I thought, like, how much of it is mental and how much of it is physical? So it's basically cut into two halves. Mm -hmm. you, the first half is, like, the first set of people do it. There's, there's only 15 treadmills, so 15 people do it. Second half, the other 15 people do it. And so I was like... If I could just convince myself mentally to do another five minute mile, like I would feel like I, I like, like I'll use a, um, a David Goggins quote, like took these people's souls. Like, <laughs> like, if, I could, if I could run next to a guy who's 15 years younger than me and beat him in the mile after I already ran the mile for in five minutes, yeah. I would steal their soul. And so I was just like, all right, well, all I have to do is like convince myself mentally because I know that physically that like my body is capable of doing mm -hmm. it because I just did it. So, but I was, you know, obviously a little bit tired. So I did it again and I'm thinking the whole time like, like um, I, I just talk shit to myself the whole time and like beat myself up mentally. Like, like, like would your, if your son was here, would he still think that you were, uh, you know, like a good person if you like quit on this? And I like mentally mess with myself. It's what? Like, yeah. To like be like, and then I'm like, no, no. And I'm just booking it, like sweating and, you know, dying on the treadmill, but I did it. So what's up guys. Welcome to the Night Genius podcast. We are still out here in Charlotte, North Carolina. My name is Jesse. My name is Josh. And today I have one of my friends from the Malian Mastermind. His name is Tommy McGill. He's a real estate developer, investor, businessman, entrepreneur. Tommy, you can introduce yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Tommy McGill. Uh, that part of it is true. Uh, the rest is also true. Um, yeah, just a real estate investor. Come from a real estate um, investing background. Um, Went to architecture school, realized shortly thereafter that uh, wasn't really going to be the thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I very quickly pivoted to uh, real estate development and then that sort of evolved for some time and then just came to the point where I was like at a job that I'd always wanted and was waking up in the morning, like putting my hands on my, you know, bathroom vanity, looking at myself in the mirror and being like, I know this is your dream job, but it's a, it was very difficult to like, to motivate myself each day to go into the office. And it was literally my dream job, like a job that I had heard about 10 years, 12 years before that to having it and being super excited. And then, you know, three years into it saying, this is tough. It's tough to go every day even though I absolutely adored everybody that I worked uh, for or with, uh, but I just 
you know, I knew I wasn't doing it for myself. And I always had that sort of bug from the very beginning that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wanted to put in the work to get myself to a place that was um, just educated enough to where I knew I wouldn't fail. I I wanted to get enough uh, experience and education to put me in a, a position to where, you know, I knew what I was, not knew what I was doing, but as prepared as I possibly could be from a, from a education standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint, but probably mostly from a, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, maturity standpoint. Mm -hmm. I just, I was not, I'm I'm still not very mature, but like, (laughs) you know, um, it's, uh, that was probably the most important thing to just feel like mature enough to be able to handle, you know, like millions of dollars going in one way and out the other, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, I would, I found that place Mm -hmm. to where I felt comfortable to, you know, make that big jump. And, and it was, and it was certainly, um, at first, you know, uh, so basically what I did, gave my notice and then got in my car and did a, a month long, uh, like cross country trip, like went the upper U S down the, uh, PCH and then, uh, back, you know, on the lower part of the U S and, you know, still kind of like flying high, kind of like find yourself trip. And then, um, when I got to Charlotte, I was like, uh, all right, let's go, let's do this. And within like the, the first year I realized that this is the hardest thing that I've ever done. Like from a, an emotional standpoint, from a fear, from, I mean, I, I, I did a live in flip in New York city, um, where, where I moved down from and, um, might have made a nice chunk of change and it gave me just enough money to do probably two flips at a time in uh, Charlotte. So the first flip I started, uh, it's the biggest check I ever wrote in my life to, or, you know, wire transfer, I guess, to buy this first property. And, um, and then I got a second property, you know, two or three months afterwards. And so that was all I could do at once. And then the first property wasn't selling. And the second property was fully funded and like almost complete with construction. So all the money was out, like every dollar that I had <laughs> saved was out. And luckily I did a, um, a partnership flip before I moved down, uh, like years before, probably two or three years before. And luckily the guy who was sort of the general partner on that was like, Hey, listen, like I, I would like to sell, I'm not putting enough time to focus on it. And I was like, thank God, cause I need this money like nobody's business. Uh, so, um, that sort of gave me that, uh, first little injection of, uh, profit. And then, um, it was, it, you know, allowed me to sustain from that point forward. But there was a, in 2018, probably somewhere in like April, May, June period, I was in not a good place. Yeah. Like only had a couple more thousand dollars left in the bank and was like, what am I going to do? You know, I don't have, and then this thing hit and then finally I sold the first property and then the second property sold. And then, you know, then it was like a snowball effect, but that was, uh, yeah, you know, basically how things started. 
I want to go back to what you said earlier about your entrepreneurial spirit and how you felt unfulfilled at the job. But I also wanted to go back farther to like coming out of school or even when you were in college, like who were you? Did you, how could you describe who you were and what that evolution of your personality or your, um, you know, your personal growth story, mm-hmm. you know, driving around the country, mm-hmm. what did that personal development look like? So um, I've always been kind of a people person outgoing type uh, on the outside, but somebody who needs to have their alone time. Like, mm-hmm. um, And I'll tell you a funny story. When I first started down here, uh, speaking of personality, uh, it's kind of like a two-parter. So when I first moved down here, I was like gung-ho. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to work 15 hours a day, every single day. And I had a... Um, a home office. And so in, in New York, I lived in essentially 250 square feet. I had a, a Murphy bed and it was 25, what was it? 25 by 10. And that was my house. So then when I moved down here and I bought um, an apartment that was 800 square feet, I thought I was the richest man alive. <laughs> and I only had this like, uh, and I had so much room. So I was like, all right, I'll do a uh, home office. So I started in this home office, and this is how like uh, to, it's 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 a it's a way to answer your question without mm-hmm. like directly answering your question. So I'm sitting in my office working 15 hours a day. I'd set schedule like I'm not going to turn my TV on until 8:30 at night, and I'm going to start you know at uh, 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm just going to start going. So I'd start going, start going, and I was working you know probably 12 to 15 hours a day or more, and. The second day went around, the third day went around, the fourth day went around, and then I started to feel like ill, like I was sick. And I'm like, I don't feel like the traditional sick, but I feel like something is wrong. And then I'm thinking about it, and then the fifth day comes around, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I haven't seen another human being in five days. (laughs) And I realized like that's how I got a lot of my energy, was just feeding off other people. So then I switched uh, from the home office uh, shortly thereafter, started working out of a uh, coffee shop and then, you know, sort of evolved into where we are today, which is a uh, a co-working office. Um, But yeah, so my personality is just, um, I, I, I need to be around other people, but I also need my alone time. So I don't really know if I'm an extrovert or an introvert but -hmm. i guess i'm like a a hybrid of the two yeah um so another story when covid hit um i was going because like they only had you know certain things were open like grocery stores were like necessary businesses Mm -hmm. and so i get into this woman's line uh and start checking out and she's like oh what kind of person are you and she's like and i'm like uh what do you mean she's like well are you an introvert or extrovert and i was like well i, I need i found out um you know two years ago that i'm a that i'm a yeah i need to be around people and she's like a lot of people are going to find that out now that are you know stay at home when they can't feed off of other people because they're not getting that energy and i'm like 
why are you working at Publix? Like you should have people sitting on your couch and talking to them all the time. It was just the most profound thing that I'd heard from somebody, you know, who was checking me out at the grocery line that there are certain people out there during the pandemic, they're going to, they're going to suffer because they don't have the ability to be around other human beings because a lot of people, um, myself included, it, that's how you get or that's how I get my mm -hmm. energy It's just mm -hmm. being around other people and feeding off their emotions and, you know, interacting. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I found out that I actually need that in my life. Yeah. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, no. but it's kind of, you know, along the same lines. Yeah. No, I totally understand. Yeah. And along the entire journey, like what kind of mentors have you come across and how did you come across? Was it by accident or did you, intentionally pursue anybody to try to teach you or go on coffee dates to like kind of understand what they're doing? Um, not really. Most of the people that I've, uh, a lot of my previous bosses were great uh, mentors. They all, most of them, I'd say 95% of them took me under their wing. Wasn't just a employee, employer, um, um, relationship. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, my last boss, I still hang out with to this day yeah. in New York city every time I go back. So, um, it, it was just like, it's, it's how you find your friends. It's how you find anybody in your life. You have uh, a lot of things in common and you feel like, um, you can get some sort of value out of the relationship, but then you can also give some sort of value in the relationship. Um, one of the people that I met here just um, was just a good guy. Uh, he he was um, uh, he would do new home builds, but uh, he did you know probably four maybe five a year. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, well, you know, like you have this great uh, contractor. His stepson was a contractor. Why do you do four or five? And he's like, well, that's all I want to do. He's like, this is the life that I want. He's you know he he started with his life on what he wanted to, how he wanted to live his life and then built his business around that. A lot of people do it the other way around. You know, they build their business and they're like, oh, well, everything that's left over is my life. And that's, uh, and I just thought that that was really great. And that's somebody that I wanted to be around, you know, um, I want to do more than four or five a year. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also, f you know, value the importance, uh, of having a family and being around them. You know, I, I basically work uh, or worked until eight, nine o'clock at night, every single night until I had a son. And then I was like, I, I'd rather just be around him. You know, if I do, you know, 10 less deals a year, but I get to spend that quality time with my son, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. uh, I feel comfortable about that decision. So um, my girlfriend used to, when we were uh, dating, and then we moved in together, you know, she would have to call, like, if I was not home by eight o'clock, I'd get a phone call or text saying, hey, where are you? And now <laughs> it's like, she, I haven't, you know, she hasn't done that in a long time. There are times, but, you know, I just would rather hang out with my son, you know, be around him, be uh, a part of his life, you know, mm -hmm. build that relationship, you know, from the very beginning. That's really awesome. Yeah. So I know you said, like, you're unsatisfied with your job. I'm curious, like, how long did it actually take for you to get to that dream job? And then I know you said it was three years in, and then you're like, okay, this is not for me. And then also, how long did it take for you to educate yourself enough to where you felt confident that you could 
take that leap of faith? Um, so I graduated college in 2004 uh, and immediately started working for an architecture firm. I worked there for maybe six months and then um, went and worked for a real estate developer for another two and a half years. So um, then I moved to New York City because I'm originally from Florida. So I moved to New York City, worked there for 10 years. So probably 13 years of working for somebody. Um, and actually, um, before I got my dream job, um, I had started my company. I, well, I mean, I established the LLC and started doing work like uh, side jobs where I would uh, renovate people's apartments in New York City. Um, so I, I started it three years before I got my dream job. Um, but I was like, this is my dream job. Like I want to, you know, at least give it a shot. So I worked for that company and was just surrounded by the most brilliant people in real estate. Um, and I still think that even, you know, five and a half, six years later. Um, but yeah, the, the answer is I, 12, 13 years of working for somebody else. Um, and that's where I sort of felt comfortable. Uh, I always kind of envisioned it as like a piece of a pie. Mm -hmm. Like I went to architecture school. So, you know, I build new build homes for the most part um, and renovations. So I always thought, okay, I need the design side of things, at least a little bit of to have like sort of that conceptual design to, you know, put the best product out there. So I'm like, I need that design thing. So, you know, the next thing was like, well, I also, you know, want to know how buildings go together. So I worked for construction companies for about six of those 12 years. Um, and then I also wanted the development side. So, you know, I worked for development companies for about, you know, the other six of those 12. But in the meantime, uh, I was going part time uh, to get my MBA because I also wanted to have like an understanding of finance. So I always looked at it as a pie, like each piece of those pie, each piece of that pie I took care of. And then I felt once I finished with the last development company where I worked in the uh, asset management team at the very end, I felt like I'm now comfortable with enough of the real estate development mm -hmm. process that I can do it on my own. Then I moved to Charlotte and realized like, I don't know anything about, <laughs> it's, it's one thing like working for somebody and being a part of a project. I, I was building like, I don't know, 800 foot like skyscraper towers and then going to develop a single family home. You're like, oh, well, that's, that's gotta be easy compared to these things. And it really wasn't, it really wasn't. They, it's just, they use different materials, you know, it's a different process. There's relatively some, you know, uh, things that overlap, but I was shocked at how little I knew about, uh, you know, flipping houses basically. Cause that's how I started. You have this person, like very charismatic personality, but aside from that, what really struck me when we were like sitting inside your office and talking, is like, you knew your numbers mm -hmm. and you knew your business, like the back of your hand mm -hmm. and you have people in their own lanes of doing things that you are not specialized within mm -hmm. would you say like one of your skills is numbers or like uh that's that's kind of like the foundation of 
your business? Uh, so uh, as we were talking, I told you that I hired a, a business coach. Mm -hmm. uh, he came in and that was one of his sort of pillars of uh, things that I should know, you know, how much I'm paying per lead, how you know much I'm paying per wholesale deal, mm -hmm. um, you know, at, from front to back. So, you know, I run a... Uh, uh, like a general spreadsheet that has all those numbers computing, you know, which my number per lead, how much does each house cost? What's my price per square foot on a build? Mm -hmm. What's my price per square foot on a flip? It's just, uh, it's one of the, I mean, I just think it's something that you should know uh, yeah. by the back of your hand because it's, I mean, it's really what we're doing. Yeah. If you don't know what, you know, it costs to, to, um, and it also makes your life easier. So if you know, like going into a project when you're, I'm sure you guys do this yeah. all the time, you walk into a house and you're like, uh, it's, you know, 2000 square feet. I can build, you know, construction's going to be this or, you know, between this and this, uh, you can see within the first 10 minutes, if it's a good deal or not, yeah. makes your life so much easier rather yeah. than saying, Oh wait, uh, uh, home owner. Like, let me go back and run the numbers, and and they're like, all right, well then I'm just gonna call the next guy. So if you can just walk into a house and understand what it's gonna cost to build it and sell it, and the you know miscellaneous numbers like you know realty fees, attorney fees, mm -hmm. uh, insurance stuff like that, you just become so much more powerful um, that you don't have to waste people's time, and you know. Or lose a deal because you yeah. just don't know your numbers. Yeah. You sound really put together, but what did it look like when you were a hustler? Like, just hustler <laughs> oh. Tommy. Just finagling it. Yeah, yeah, what did, yeah. What did finagling it look like? So I'll tell you a funny story. So um, so I first started and um, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine and he said, what, he sent me a picture. He's like, what do you think about this? So he sent me this picture of a, bat, or of a kitchen and I saw like a... a a blue, uh, uh, like plastic, uh, pipe going and then a red plastic pipe going. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, what are those red and plastic pipes? And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, they're, they're water lines. I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I had never used, I had always used copper for water lines for my entire career. And now I'm going to do like doing this to 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 start you know renovating houses i don't even know what water lines look like so to, to answer your question like I, I didn't really know anything about the process so i just had to like rely on just sheer grit and and then um uh for, i'll give you an example so the first house that i did um i hired a contractor but i was sort of uh i didn't you know i didn't trust him so he did basically like 75 percent of the work and i did 25 percent of the work just so i could be there and kind of see like what he was doing so the grinder was just i did a lot of more hands-on stuff than i probably should have but um it, it certainly gave me more peace of mind to like have a watchful eye on the contractor then when i saw how he operated the next job he did it was probably, I did like 5% of the work. I think I put on some door mm -hmm. handles or something. And then the, the next job he did, I didn't do anything. So mm -hmm. uh, the grinder thing was like, oh, I'll get it done because I can do it myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, that sort of goes away when you realize, you know, the time value of uh, uh, money and, and 
you know, how much your time is worth and compared to the 25 to $50 an hour you're paying him to do something. Was it like in between jobs that you were traveling the entire country? Well, it was in between um, my last job mm -hmm. and starting my company. And then starting your company. Yeah. So I basically moved down from New York. Um, my dad drove up there in like this big pickup truck that my brother's uh, wife owned yeah. and piled all my stuff in this pickup truck, drove down here from Monday to Tuesday night. And we got here at like four o'clock in the morning, unloaded everything in the truck to the, excuse me, to the um, apartment that I bought. Um, my, uh, went to sleep at four, woke up at like, uh, eight, went to breakfast with my dad. He left. Uh, I went to, um, I fell asleep, woke up on uh, Thursday and went to rent a car and just got on the road and just started driving. I had mapped out the trip, you know, based on, you know, people that I wanted to see. So I had a friend that lived in Indianapolis that I wanted to see, had a friend that lived in Chicago that I wanted to see, um, had a friend in Oregon that I wanted to see, and then just started like hitting friends, you know, yeah. around the country. Uh, and then in between I would hit things, but it was more like um, organic. Like yeah. uh, the coolest thing I saw was, uh, you know, I just you're just driving down the road. I think I was in um, North Dakota and saw this big sign of like a vintage shop mm -hmm. or something and pulled over come to find out it's like the biggest one in the entire country <laughs> and it was all like um like vintage cars there was a bunch of vintage cars but like you know i was born in the 80s so like yeah. they had all the 80s toys you could ever imagine <laughs> like gi joe lunchbox gi joe's like oh my um gosh. Star Wars figures. And I, I spent like two hours there just like looking at all the little things that were sort of nostalgic for me at the time. Um, but then, um, you know, sort of packed it on in and, you know, at this, you know, like at the same time, I'm like texting people and saying like, hey, what, you know, I'm going into um, Washington tomorrow. Like, what do you recommend? And they'd be like, oh, well, you got to go up into the uh the needle and you have to see, you know, and the Gates Foundation is like right there. So you should like go to, you know, so it's just like kind of like evolving as it sort of happened. Um, drove down the PCH. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, went to San Diego. And I think it was during the um, Mayweather uh, McGregor fight. <laughs> um, oh. So I went to this just random bar um, and watched the fight, you know, and just very cool then went to coronado the next day and saw like you know went to the navy seal bar that's out there and just hung out and was like kind of like sitting back and like oh man i bet that guy's a navy seal and, like, oh, <laughs> that guy's probably a navy. he looks like a navy <laughs> uh, and then you know just uh, met people along the way and yeah yeah no the reason why i gravitate towards that because josh is talking to me about how he wants to like start the van life yeah you know? like right now we're like building the company and everything he wants to build the systems out mm -hmm. so then his goal is to get to the point where oh he can just go put a Starlink on a van and yeah. start driving and then he could work remotely, you know. I I'll, I'll have to tell you that uh, I did not live the van life. I lived the <laughs> what, um, hotels tonight that uh, uh -huh. was a was an app I was using and I was literally doing like a hotel tonight app 
like location each night. Yeah. One night I was like, man, I'm spending like a hundred dollars every night. And so I'm like, let me try and do like a motel, you know, for one night. And I honestly felt like bugs were crawling on me the whole time. <laughs> oh, I, I slept no. like maybe oh, an hour no. and a half up on top of the yeah, sheets. Yeah. And I was just, just like, I'm never, I'm never doing this again. I'm not uh, the outdoors type for sure. Oh, I mean, like I'll chop some wood, I'll do the stuff, but I want to go to a place that's like air conditioning and secured and like... You would not do the van life? I would not do the van life. I'm not about the van life. Well, the motel life is rough. Yeah. I remember Caleb and I uh, went to Atlantic City for like a comedy show. Okay. And we were like originally, we weren't going to sleep over, but... We got, we were, as we were driving there, we were like, why would we drive two hours back home after this event? Yeah. So we yeah. like booked literally the cheapest one you could of course, possibly get. Of course. <laughs> it was just, just the most disgusting room I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I like put my hoodie on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, believe like, me, <laughs> I was the same exact way. Fully clothed, like long <laughs> sleeves. Um, but yeah, certainly I'm not about the van life or the yeah. outdoorsy life, you know. Not even the outdoor you like. You're I mean, like, listen, if you want to go and like, like when what we did in Maui where we rented the uh, canoes and yeah. like took a canoe trip and yeah. then went and snorkeled, like I'm all about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as like sleeping outside in a no tent, camping. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> that not, guy. You're not backpacking. I'm not backpacking <laughs> to like sleep outside anywhere. I mean, I'll, I'll do it because my, my girlfriend certainly likes that uh, mm-hmm. stuff. And if she wants to, I'll definitely do it. Mm-hmm. And there was like, a lot of bonding moments that I had with my brothers growing up where like we had mm-hmm. like a pop-up uh, camper where like the ones that you like um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do like the gr- um, whatever it is, you know, yeah. this motion yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it pops up the tent and, or pops up the camper and you sleep in the back and like, uh, f- you know, fires and stuff like there was certainly bonding moments with my brothers, my dad doing that stuff. But as far as like now as an adult, I just so much would rather be in a hotel and not just like a hotel, like a nicer one. You know? <laughs> I feel like I've made it enough to where I can at least pay for a nicer hotel. Uh, no, I'm not there, man, because yeah. what happened, I mean, tonight and last night, we're staying on a tiny house on wheels and it's literally like two twin size beds and then a loft over top. So there's four of us within like 150 square feet. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And then this morning we were trying to cook eggs and bacon and we were trying to run the coffee and then like the bathroom fan or light, whatever was on and then breaker trips. <laughs> and then we we're like switching it back and forth. And Josh is like, I can't figure this out, man. It's like the breaker is not working. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I do a lot of other things. Like I have a 10 year old car. I live in a rental house. Like mm-hmm. my expenses are nothing. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to like go somewhere and do something, I usually pay a little bit extra just to enjoy the experience. Yeah. But like my living costs are mm-hmm. certainly probably as low as it gets. <laughs> so So why did you choose Charlotte? I, honestly, it was just a guess. Really? Yeah. I thought about maybe moving to Chicago or San Francisco, but I think that just being on the uh, Eastern Shore, like my... Um, or the East Coast. My parents live in Florida. Um, it's just so much more convenient. Um, so a buddy of mine from high school lived here. And about 
seven or eight years ago, I came here for a wedding and I was like, this place is pretty nice. It's <laughs> like, it has four seasons. It's beautiful. Um, you can live in the city or you can, uh, I mean, my house from uh, door to door to here, and we are really like at the edge of the city right here, is 20 minutes. So um, this is like a really great place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the weather is not dramatic, you know? So mm-hmm. I lived in New York City and the weather certainly isn't as cold as other places uh, in the U.S., but I mean, it gets it got down to single digits and sometimes, you know, with a windshield mm-hmm. of below zero. So I didn't I don't really like that, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and then also I'm from Florida and I didn't enjoy having 90 degree weather year round. So I needed something that was sort of in between And this. It, this is a great place. Yeah. Weather aside, it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Plenty to do. Um when I moved here, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody except for this one guy that I went to high school with. But he had like, you know, he was in a relationship and mm-hmm. they, you know, hung out with each other and they live like 25 minutes from here. So I honestly was like, what am I going to do? So I just started going to like play. There's like a beach volleyball court. So I started joining like beach volleyball teams, you know, so that I can make some sort of friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, a buddy of mine's um, fiance was a travel nurse and she came uh, and lived here for like three months. And I got like three months of like having a friend. And then she <laughs> like just, you know, like when you find a friend and then they make friends with other people, then you could become friends with those other people and sort of like evolve mm-hmm. into like having, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start in a co-working space. And so they have these things in this co-working space called, um, uh, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called, but anyways, they give you 10 minutes to like talk about anything that you want. So like all the co-working people meet in one of the co-working offices or locations Mm -hmm. and you give like a 10 minute speech about whatever you want. Some people talk about their cats. Some people talk about like, you know, getting a breast reduction. I mean, one girl talked about working in a cabaret on the weekends, you know? And I was like, my first presentation was, I have no friends. And so I presented. (laughs) Oh, I remember you talking about this. Yeah. So I presented uh, for 10 minutes and I came up with like this um, PowerPoint uh, presentation about why I would be a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) And so I presented it and then like people were calling me up literally that were in the crowd saying, hey, let's go get coffee. (laughs) And, And then one girl who's now my accountability partner um um she was like hey like come over my husband and i will you know like cook you dinner and blah blah blah." i'm like perfect and so then my next presentation was i have no girlfriend Um, (laughs) and literally i invited my now girlfriend this was you know about what almost exactly four years ago i invited my now girlfriend to it um but she um She's a chiropractor and she did, she does a lot of, um, um, uh, preg- pregnant women mm-hmm. chiropractic care. And she, like literally one of her patients went into labor like that night. So she didn't come to the presentation. She went with her patient. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started dating her like days or weeks after that. So 
um, they both worked, so it just yeah. definitely helped. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you the presentation. Okay, so day. you come into the city with no friends, and I guess you were just winging it to you find these friends. Would you say you were a confident person that you were going to figure out no matter what happened in this random new city? So I came down here when I was 37. Yeah. So like you can be the most confident person in the world, but like once you get to a certain age, it's, it's, it becomes, I think more, for me, it was more difficult to find friends. Mm -hmm. So, or, or at least establish friends. So uh, I started like thinking about it sort of strategically, like what would I need to do to put myself in a situation like, like, so I analyze it, like I analyze everything else, like what's worked in the past. So I looked, okay, well, my best friends are from college or graduate school. So what makes it that, um, like easy, what makes that situation easy to make friends? And it's just because you see the same people all the time and eventually you say something that's like, (laughs) oh, that guy's kind of funny or, oh, that's kind of cool. So I thought like, all right, well, what can I do so that I could put myself around somebody consistently to uh, eventually become friends with somebody? So I joined here, um, which is a co-working space. And then I joined a gym that's like a, like a, a work, um, uh, a led, you know, like a coach's led exercise. Mm, so like CrossFit. Uh, yeah, like yeah, uh, that's really but smart. Yeah, so it's uh, Orange Theory. Okay. So I joined Orange Theory, and uh, that's where I actually met my girlfriend. Um, so that worked. Uh, oh my gosh! And then um, I met two of my best guy friends there too, because it's like, well, we have similarities. You know, we're we're into fitness, and then you know, at some point they would have happy hours and I would see like the guys like drinking in excess and like making jokes and stuff. I'm like, well, those are guys that I want to hang out with. <laughs> and then, you know, then I go up to them and you're, you know, have a couple drinks in you and your inhibitions are lowered and you're like, Hey man, like we should hang out outside of this. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. And so that's kind of how it happens. You just find similarities, you know, in each person and, you know, just that's kind of how, how it happens. Has Tarl ever, told you about how he like made a whole plan of how he was going to be brandon's best friend no no you never heard of that no. dude yeah this whole this guy i'll have to like, ask him when i go he, down to well, you see, yeah because yeah. yeah, he can scope out exactly the entire process of how he becomes somebody's like friend right and it's like now he's like trying to be jocko's like best friend <laughs> it's like give to the man's charity at all costs yeah 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 <laughs> but that's what we're focusing on this year yeah so yeah. It's like, donate to jocko's charity and then Jocko will come to your event for free. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he's your be- he's your best friend. I was like, oh my gosh. So I guess like one of the things that I learned as well is just like, man, I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. We start traveling around the country. Right. If, if we just show up at their house, <laughs> it's like there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. it takes us a half an hour to set up. We'll be in and out. No big deal. Yeah, yeah we can get lunch afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be best friends yeah. afterwards. And I yeah. was like, dude. It, it works. I mean, I think it's genius. I, I think it's great. When I was um, working, I would travel to like Paris or Sweden or London, but I always like gave the excuse of like doing like a, a fitness event there, like a mm-hmm. triathlon or a marathon. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to fly to London. I'll run a marathon and then uh, like hang out in London for some time or fly to Paris, run a marathon. Uh, the 
the second one I did was Paris and I was like, man, this is tough on my legs. So like it's <laughs> difficult to have a good time when you can't walk anywhere. So I, I stopped doing marathons in other countries and started doing triathlons. So you could walk certainly a lot better after a triathlon than you can a marathon. So uh, I, I just made excuses to go places to do something mm. that, that I thought was fun and then get to experience the place while you're there. And I think that you guys are doing like something very similar to that. Um, just going to a place, doing a podcast, and then enjoying the place kind of yeah. when you're when you're here. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Are you just always in shape to do a triathlon? Yeah. Right. Um, I like to say stay in relative shape, but I feel like it's the older I get, the more difficult it is oh, yeah. to to be in like aesthetic shape. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in incredible shape right now. But aesthetically, if I took my, if I took my shirt off, I'd be like, do you really want to So the other day, uh, so I'm, I'm 42 now. And uh, um, their Orange Theory is like a co competition base. Uh, they have like challenges. So the other day, it was the mile challenge. So people will... Um, um, you know, get on the treadmill and, you know, try and run a mile as fast as they can. So the best you can run is putting it on 12 miles an hour and it's a five minute mile. So I got there, put it on 12 and ran a five minute mile. I've done it before. So I kind of knew that I would do it. Um, people that are 12, 15 years younger than me can't run a five minute mile. So then I thought like, how much of it is mental and how much of it is physical? So it's basically cut into two halves. Mm -hmm. you, the first half is like the first set of people do it. There's, there's only 15 treadmills. So 15 people do it. Second half, the other 15 people do it. And so I was like, if I could just convince myself mentally to do another five minute mile, like I would feel like I, I like, like I'll use a, um, a David Goggins quote, like took these people's souls. <laughs> like, like, if, I could, if I could run next to a guy who's 15 years younger than me and beat him in the mile after I already ran the mile for in five minutes, yeah. I would steal their soul. And so I was just like, all right, well, all I have to do is like convince myself mentally. Cause I know that physically that like my body is capable of doing mm -hmm. it because I just did it. So, but I was, you know, obviously a little bit tired. So I did it again and I'm thinking the whole time, like, like, um, I, I just talk shit to myself the whole time and like beat myself up mentally. Like, like, like would your, if your son was here, would he still think that you were, uh, you know, like a good person if you like quit on this and I like <laughs> mentally mess with myself what? Like, yeah, to like be like, and then I'm like, no, no! <laughs> and I'm just booking it like sweating and you know dying on the treadmill but I did it so wow um I don't even know where why I got on that but uh yeah Josh I feel like you're that's pretty, your that's pretty savage like yeah yeah that's I, pretty I, savage. the whole I, my whole goal is like when I'm there is like so they break everything down into like 20 to 29 year olds 30 to 39 year olds 40 to 49 year olds and 50 to 59 and then 60 plus yeah and so they do an overall winners like first second third mm -hmm. but then they also do like first second third of each age group mm -hmm. so i always try to be like in the top well i always try to be the top but 
you know, um, I don't always do it, but I try and just dominate the 20s and 30 year olds just so I feel good about like the competition and, and like trying to be a savage and take their souls. <laughs> but like, that's what I got. So the whole workout thing, like I just, uh, it's just harder to be like, like fit. Oh my gosh, dude, this explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> not, not about you, but it's like when I go to my own gym, I go to a CrossFit gym and it's like some of these guys are just like, you know, 35 plus, mm-hmm. but they're in just so much better shape than me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not even in bad shape at yeah, all. These yeah, guys yeah. are just in like compound effect. Cause like, they incredible. see father time coming for a man and they're like, we're not going to, we don't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> they have so much more to fight for. I don't know, dude. It's like yeah. mental, uh, like mental toughness yeah i feel like you just develop more of it over time and it's just like a specific breed i think you start to realize how much more important it is than actually like what you think your body is capable of you start to because i think like these guys that are in the gym with me i mean they're in like looking at them you'd be like holy shit these guys are fantastic you know but then when it comes down to it. They let their mind get broken down by, oh, I don't, once you get that ounce of like, um, negativity, let it creep in, you're done. Yeah. You are done. I mean, that's what happens. It just, if you're constantly, whatever works for you, like I talk smack to myself, that works for me. But like, if you, if you're like, I can do it, there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing it. And if you're constantly saying that, you know, a you can't be broken. Yeah. But once you let it, the negativity creep in that one second, like, oh, I'm just going to reduce the speed on this next mile. You're done. You, you, <laughs> might, as yeah. well, you might as well stop running. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Did so, you uh, grow up playing sports? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I grew up with three brothers. So, like, we played sports all the time. My biggest sport was basketball. Okay. Uh, but I played basketball, football, soccer, uh, taekwondo, like, anything that was keeping us, like, active and... Um, you know, not fighting each other basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those were like the big ones. Yeah. It's a little t-ball, but not, not a whole lot, mostly soccer, basketball and football. Did you always have like that mindset when it came to like, God, just push through it, grind through it. And, yeah. And no, no bit of negativity is like, you ever watch like free solo Alex Hano? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like that guy will not let any bit of negativity enter <laughs> in his mind. He's like, yeah. I'm not falling off this mountain. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. not like, there's yeah. no possible freaking way that I'm going to fall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are certain levels of it, you know, where, um, he is on a completely different level, yeah. which is why they're making documentaries about him, right? <laughs> yeah. They're not making documentaries about me. About my five-minute mile on a treadmill. Like people, you know, I actually, the first time I did it, because it it when I first started there and I ran the first mile at like, I don't know, like six and a half minutes uh, yeah. the first time I did it. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be great if I could do five? So it was always my goal to do five. So the first time I did five, I was super excited. So of course I put it on Instagram and the first comment is um, something like, oh, well, what, what could you do it outside? And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> I just did something that was so difficult for me. And the first thing that somebody says is like, should I put you down? Well, yeah, try to like, but that's what it's all about, man. Like people, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, you let the negativity creep in and then you're done. So yeah. Um, I just try and keep in shape. So, 
I think that what you asked was, um, are you always in shape? You're always in shape enough to do a triathlon. Probably not to do a triathlon, but I'm always in enough shape to do uh, probably more than the average person. To take some souls. Yeah. To take some souls. How many days a week are you working out? Always five, sometimes six. Um, but if I work out five and I don't work out the six, I'll do like 100 push-ups and 50 pull-ups or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not in a row, but you know, <laughs> um, just I, I just like to stay in shape. Yeah. One, because my girlfriend is significantly younger than me. And <laughs> two, I had my son when I was 40 years old. So I'd mm-hmm. like to be around, you know, for a long time to see him, you know, evolve into an adult. So yeah, try and keep uh, in good shape. Yeah. I mean, so you spoke to me about how, like, you you know, you've been leading these like goal setting things at your at your Rhea. Yeah, that's like one of your specialties or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel very confident that you can lead goal setting. But um, I just want to know, like, what are some of your goals for like twenty twenty three? What are some of the things that you're looking forward to? I know, like, the real estate thing, you we really can't predict yeah. what's going on with the economy, mm-hmm. and that can affect. Our goals yeah just based on the rhythm <clears throat> so it's like aside from that as well like what are some of the things you're trying to achieve uh, so each year i i rent a house uh on the beach and basically lock myself away and try and come up with you know goals and like what's meaningful to me um this year because of like the impending recession or the potential recession i was like why not save the you know twelve fifteen hundred dollars and uh, go and stay with a friend of mine who lives out there and then go like you know do it, but like the the cheap version of it you know, <laughs> um, and I, honestly everything that came to me it was personal like yeah. it was uh, like to be a better boyfriend and like um, you know so like you can't just say that, right? So that's not a goal. So you have to really quantify it. You know, what are you doing to become a better boyfriend? Like, what do you have to do? And I just started to list like things that I felt like I wasn't doing well, you know? Um, Because one thing like, um, like you have a relationship and and you have Mm -hmm. your, your girlfriend is here, fiance or wife. She's my wife. She's your wife. (laughs) Um, So like, you know, you guys have a relationship, but mm-hmm. then there's also a relationship that you have like outside of your relationship with your family and, mm-hmm. you know, and I started to see how outgoing and like fun my girlfriend was like on our out, like on the outside, you know, but when it was together, like I just, well, I don't think that I was giving her enough space to like let her personality bloom when or it's just her and I, cause you know, I don't know. Like you're around somebody so often, you become so comfortable that you feel like, oh, like you would probably say things that you wouldn't say to other people. And I'm not saying like mm-hmm. horrible things, but I'm <laughs> saying like, I'm saying like, like, oh man, like you really could have done that better, you know. But like you would never say that to somebody that you just met, right? No. So you'd you'd you'd, and so I was thinking about it, like I I need to like stop and like take a moment before I speak to her mm-hmm. because I don't want to like quiet her personality around me because I see how much like out like bl- like bloom like a flower she is around other people and she says that she's an introvert which I don't believe like she's very magnetic when she's mm-hmm. around other people and like people are 
like drawn to her. Uh, especially like, you know, I'll go to like from my friend's house and they'll have a party or something. And I'll just, I can go anywhere I want because I know that she can hold court by herself and people mm-hmm. like, cause she, she works in an interesting profession. Um, and people just want to talk to her about it. So that's like one easy thing that like, you know, but anyways, so the goal setting thing was really more personal, you know, and the aesthetic thing, like the physical aesthetics, like, um, like three years ago, I weighed 205 pounds and like I could literally wash clothes on my abs. Like it was, <laughs> I was in fantastic aesthetic shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like periodically like added eight pounds and then added three pounds. And then, you know, and I just got to the point where I wasn't really comfortable like in my own skin. And so I was like, what can I do to get back to that place? So I thought about like when I was three years ago, what did I do to get there? Uh, and I was tracking like every calorie that I like took in. So I was like, all right, well then this year I'm going to track every single thing that I eat on, um, uh, my fitness pal and Mm -hmm. get back to a weight that I feel comfortable with. And the goal was to just maintain that. Um, cause I did 75 hard last year and, got into fantastic shape again, not, not my best shape, but certainly great shape. And the day that I, uh, stopped 75 hard, I got on a plane, went to a bachelor party in Miami or in, uh, Palm beach and like drank the whole weekend and ate like pizza and like, (laughs) I just reversed like 75. Why did I do that? (laughs) You know? Uh, and just basically gave up and just, you know, let it sort of go by the wayside. So then I was like, I'm just going to start it and just never stop it. 75 hard? No, uh, the um, tracking my oh, meals. Oh, well, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because I just, just, instead of like just setting a goal, like set a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the first maybe month of 75 hard was hard. But then everything after that was like, that was the way. Like that was the way that I was living, you mm-hmm. know. I was working out twice a day. I was, you know, following this diet. I was reading 10 pages uh, a night. Like that was my life, you know, instead of like having it as, oh, this is my goal until, you know, March 16th or 15th or whatever, you know, whenever it expired, like this is my life. So my goal this year for the fit, like the physical side of things um, was this is my life. I'm working out five days a week. I'm tracking every meal and I'm not, um, cheating, uh, but, but one time a month. Yeah. So just cause I wanted to put that in there to like be sane, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, um, not just but, be a machine. Yeah. Like I track my macros is, is what I do. And I, you know, went onto this, uh, website and they gave me how much, um, proteins, fats, and carbs I should be eating. So, um, uh, I'm just going to track it like that. And, you know, you can eat like a piece of pizza, but you have to compensate like with proteins and, you know, mm-hmm. other things. So, um, you know, that's basically what I'm doing and, you know, just, that's going to be my life instead of this is my goal. So that'll be, uh, as far as the real estate thing goes, I honestly don't have any real estate goals. Yeah. Um, Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I'm seen, I, so, instead, so I don't have any goals, but one thing that I do do is I'd still um, 
have a scorecard and mm -hmm. I'm still following a scorecard and I still have numbers allocated to that scorecard. So I am following the habits, like the day-to-day -day stuff, but just the outcome is unknown. And, I, yeah. and, I, and I'm okay with it's that. It's better that way. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I follow Brandon on like Instagram. He's just always pumping out good stuff. It's just, mm -hmm. I think it's because he pay like tens of thousands of dollars for mm -hmm. like life coaching and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. And he's like, it's better to state that I am this mm -hmm. type of person yeah. and write it down and say it to yourself mm -hmm. rather than be like, I would like to be, or it's just like, if you don't say, if you don't say that you are, mm -hmm. you're not, if, you yeah. try, if you're trying to yeah, be yeah. somebody that you're not, you're it, it's a lot more difficult than identifying yourself. Right. Instead of saying, I want say I am like, instead of saying, I want 20 new, uh, rental properties this year, yeah. you say, I am somebody who owns 20 rental properties. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I am a healthy person. I right. am somebody who works out every single day. I am somebody who weighs 205 and can wash clothes <laughs> on their abs. <laughs> and, I am that person. And steal souls. And steal day. souls at uh, Orange Theory, <laughs> one after another. Yeah. No, that's all awesome stuff, man. Um, I was wondering, like, what is your why? You know, I feel like that's a really deep question that a lot of people are constantly trying to search for and understand for themselves. Because mm -hmm. it's not enough just to be like, oh, hey, like, I'm Jesse and I do these things. And that's all people know mm -hmm. of me, right? They know me by my profession. Right. They don't really know who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's just like people say that their wise is to, you know, abolish sex trafficking, you know, right. like that's what I want to be. Mm -hmm. I just want more people to know who God is. And that's my purpose. Right. It's like, what's your purpose? What's your why? You know, I think it's uh, I think it's a constant evolution. I, I don't think it was ever one thing for mm -hmm. me. Um, at least it wasn't tangible to me in like, cause believe me, I've asked myself this question like a bunch of different times because it's a part of it's, e it's either a part of most sort of uh, business books that I read or self growth uh, books that I read in some fashion. Um, what is your purpose or what is your why? So um, it's just an evolution. It's just, you're, I feel like I'm just constantly evolving into getting a little bit better uh, than I was the previous day. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly um, was never a person who had a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I always lived paycheck to paycheck when I had a job. Uh, I didn't really you know, and when I was, um, working in 2008, um, and just saw my whole half of my company that I worked for at the time get let go. Um, luckily I was like the, one of the younger guys there that they kept on and, you know, um, uh, was basically cheap labor mm -hmm. and I just did more stuff, you know? Um, so I was very lucky that I was, um, um, cheap basically uh so i i one of the things was just having you know building up a nest egg and having financial freedom and you know if we have a horrible recession this year i, I it's not going to bother me you know it's not mm -hmm. gonna i'm not worried about it i'll still be able to take care of my family because i have i built up that nest egg and i yeah. have enough passive income to you know survive and even thrive in a um economy that we're in. So a lot of it was, I just, I was never around wealthy people. I didn't grow up wealthy. I, yeah, very blue collar. Um, and, uh, 
you know, to, to be in a position where I, I don't have to worry, um, is, is something that meant a lot to me. Is it my why? I don't think so, but, um, it certainly makes me feel more comfortable. It's certainly better than not having Mm -hmm. anything, you know, and worrying like if I get laid off today, what am I going to do? You know, I can't, pick up the phone and call somebody to give me money. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? I have no savings. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to be in that position ever again when I, like I was in 2008. Thank God that I never lost my job throughout mm-hmm. the entire recession. And I think it had a lot to do with me just being the cheapest labor there. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I lucked out, but I just, I don't want to try and luck out again. I want to be prepared. And I prepared, I've been preparing for this for the past, you know, I thought that this would have happened, you know, three or four years ago. I thought, you know, we were going to get into something uh, a while ago, but uh, we didn't. But I've been preparing the whole time for it. So, yeah, I don't really have a why. I mean, I certainly Mm -hmm. love my family. I want to take care of them. You know, it's it's but I don't think my son is going to look up to me any less if I'm worth you know, a billion dollars as opposed to, you know, a yeah. hundred million. Do you want more kids or? Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. Well, so that's in the cards. That's it, cool. It's definitely in the cards. Yeah. Kids are two. Uh, yeah. My son is two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. And then, um, you know, oh, that's hoping awesome. for another healthy one someday. Someday. Soon. <laughs> I'd like to keep them closer in age, yeah. you know, so that they can be friends and grow together. What's that transition been like in your life going from, you know, a guy with no kids to having this like? It was, uh, the hardest thing um, was putting him in daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not hard to like, it, like the first day dropping him off, he was like, oh, you're leaving? Okay, peace out. You know, like he was mm-hmm. okay with it. And I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, if he's happy, I'm happy, you know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for how sick he was going to get. For the first like three months of daycare, he was sick every day and like not just like regular sick, like mm-hmm. throwing up and, you know, probably a lot of stuff that you'll edit out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but like just it's just it's really gut wrenching to see your child, you know, somebody who's defenseless that, you know, doesn't know what's going wrong with him and he can't, you know, verbalize it because he only says like 50 words. Um, so it's, uh, that part was very difficult and like waking up at four in the morning and like going into his crib and having like vomit and diarrhea everywhere and like not knowing if this is like normal or if this is in excess and like Mm -hmm. constantly at doctors, you know, that part was very difficult. Um, I mean, that's very specific, but like, like generally speaking, I was, you know, like this is the first, like real relationship that I've been in. I mean, I've been in, you know, relationships in the past that lasted maybe like a year or Mm. two years, but like, this is the first real relationship where, you know, I'm in love with my girlfriend and we have a child together, but I've been, you know, essentially a bachelor for the first 40 years (laughs) of my life or, you know, 38, 39 Mm -hmm. years, whatever, whatever the math works out to be. But, uh, it's extremely difficult because yeah. you have all this independence and I've built myself to be a self-sufficient human being 
to not like, oh, I can cook and clean for myself. Like I can live on my own. I can, you know, be like my own person. But then when you have to share that with somebody else, you're like, well, this is different. And you have to accommodate this other person. You can't be mm -hmm. like 100% rigid because if you are, they're going to kick your ass out, you know? <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, that that's, it's very difficult because my girlfriend is, is different than me where I enjoy being around like a bunch of other people and like going to Maui and making mm -hmm. great friends. My girlfriend is okay just to hang out with me. And it's like, she has friends and she enjoys going and hanging out with her friends, but not at the um, like level that I do. Oh, for sure. So, you know, it was difficult to transition to that and like help her or um, not help her, but, you know, kind of let her or help her understand that, you know, like I still enjoy mm -hmm. some level of independence, you know. I still enjoy this side. I do enjoy hanging out with you, but I also enjoy mm -hmm. this stuff. So um, it was a transition for sure. Yeah. One of the things before like I was married or before I was in a relationship was like I would do certain things that uh, was for me and how would I say this? It would come off as very selfish because I, and like if I continue to do those things when I'm married, when I have these commitments, sure. it's like, yeah, that's very selfish of myself mm -hmm. to blow off these different responsibilities or commitments to other people or not even just commitments as much as like not consider them. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to ask you like, were there cer certain um, things that changed that were like, if you continue to go down that route, that was more selfish and not considerate or accommodating towards your sure, girlfriend or sure. kid. I enjoyed like a good party and partying and going out and like, you know, mm -hmm. getting drunk and, like I, uh, the, the year before, um, or the, the New Year's Eve, mm -hmm. um, before I met my girlfriend was the last time I smoked a cigarette and I haven't smoked a cigarette in four years. Uh, I was never like a habitual smoker, but I was like, I liked a good time. Like if somebody, mm -hmm. if we were out, we were drinking and somebody was like, oh, you want a cigarette? I'd be like, heck yeah, I want a cigarette. And then, you know, it came to a point where, I was like, all right, well, I'm just getting too old for mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, this, the smoking thing. And then when I met her, she was like, oh my God, you smoked? And like, she's super healthy. Like, mm -hmm. I thought I was healthy. She's like healthy on a different level. Like everything mm -hmm. she eats is organic and like, she's, it's, it's, it can be a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, so like that side of my life had to be turned way down, you know, like I couldn't go even in our relationship, I couldn't go and like get completely wasted with my friends and then come home and be like, you know, mm -hmm. still be, she still be okay with that. Like there's certain yeah. things that you just kind of like got to give up on. And it was time. Like I was mm -hmm. in my late thirties. So it was time. It was time to like put that to bed. So yeah, for sure. I had to like come to grips with, all right, this yeah. isn't your life anymore. You know? Yeah. And with my son coming, it, you know, still is, it's becoming more, uh, not a part of my life. It's you know, significantly reduced because I'm the one who wakes up with him in the morning. So like waking up at six 30 after drinking all night, <laughs> it's not fun at all. So definitely have chilled out with that. Yeah. Like yeah. we, we've, we've sort of, um, delineated responsibility. She puts mm -hmm. in the bed, I wake up with him. So yeah, it's yeah. not, 
it's not conducive to have a hangover and having a kid like yell at your <laughs> yell in your face. Do you have any advice that you'd like to give your son if one day maybe he watches this? Um, that's a great question. I would say um, to just be yourself and do things that make you happy um, because when you really take a step back and a lot of people, you know, live their lives for other people. Uh, and, and, and I don't mean that in a, uh, a bad way, uh, or, I, or I do mean it in a bad way. I don't mean it in a good way. Like some, some people, you know, live their lives, you know, for other people. Like my mom, for instance, she really never did anything for herself for a very long time because she was living for her sons. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people live their lives based on the opinions of other people. And I would say that I did that for a lot longer than I should have. And I would say if I were to give any advice to my uh, son would be people really don't care. They, you, they might type a bad comment on a post or something, <laughs> yeah. but they, they really don't care. They, they, they don't really care about you to the, the way that you think that they do. Um, it's, it's really in passing, like they have an opinion and then it's gone. So I'd say just be true to yourself and live the life that you want to live and not think about what other people are thinking about you because they really don't care, not to the level that you think that they do. So that's what I would say to him. Oh, that's so powerful, man. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate all no the problem. things that you shared with us, talked to us about ranging from your, your total journey mm -hmm. all the way down to like your crazy stories. Honestly, like I love the stories that you share. I could yeah, see, I could see, like, <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm always envious when we were in Maui and you're like uh, at the head of the dinner table and then like I'm not, I'm like five people away from you and everyone's just cracking up. It's like I wish I could hear that. It was like I'm just on the other end, you know, it's the, just too the, far away. The last dinner that we had at the the last go around yeah. uh, when we were at that uh, sort of event space, yeah, yeah, but on the yeah. like the mm -hmm. the ledge mountain ledge thing there. That that dinner was. I'm I'm hoping that nobody recorded that. <laughs> it was so fantastic, and it was so much fun. But there were so many different stories going around that it was just it was fantastic. But yeah, you yeah. inspire me to like have my own stories, man. Because I, I feel well, you're like, young. You still have yeah, a lot of time a, to make your own lot. stories. I, yeah. Yeah, I still have a lot of time to make my own stories, but yeah. ho hopefully, you know, traveling around the country doing all these crazy yeah. things I mean, with the podcast. This you know? is a story. This you is... are living a great story right now. It's yeah. such a fantastic idea yeah. um, that you are like, you're living a story that you can share now 20 years down the road and they're going to be like, that's the coolest thing that I've ever heard. I honestly think it is. It's so, it's so outside of what people are doing, you know, and it's just... You're not following any norms, you know. I think mm -hmm. it's it's awesome. I, I was I didn't I didn't know before today like what we were going to talk about. And when we were in my office and you told me what we were talking about, I'm like, that is so much better, you know. Oh yeah. Because you know when you f when you follow a script forever, uh, then you it just it's unoriginal and boring. Yeah. You know that's why a lot of you know times when I'm talking to other investors. And like the first thing they ask is like, how many, how many units do you have? Excuse me. 
that's probably a false alarm. That was gonna go. But like they're like, oh, how many units do you have? And I'm like, God, that's just not an original question. Like, <laughs> that's why they say when you're networking, you just talk. You just start talking to people and find commonalities. And then that's like how you get your investors or partners mm-hmm. and stuff. It's just yeah. you don't want to follow a script because yeah. it's boring. You have your own quirky style of building relationships and mm-hmm. just looking at it from afar. I'm just like it's it's just hard to put a formula with that. As much as just like it's just your own sauce. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? It, That's why I think that the the one thing that I would advise, you know, my son, if you ever heard this, is just be yourself. Because eventually, if you're not, people are gonna see through that and yeah. they're gonna see who you for who you really are. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're, they're not going to like it. Yeah. So, well, thanks a lot, Tommy. I really appreciate your no time. Problem. Thank thanks you. for having me. Even though I kind of like twisted your arm to come here. What? No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, the last no. time when you were, uh, what did I say? I said, I can't believe that you came to my city and you didn't ask me to be on your podcast. <laughs> I just guilted you into it, but I'm okay with it. Cause I had a really good time. No, this was really great. Man. Okay, I really cool. Appreciate it. Well, this has been a genius t- podcast. Wait, wait, let me read it again. Well, this has been the Not Genius Podcast with Tommy McGill. I hope you guys had a good time listening to this episode. Episode. Ep- episode. All right. I'm tired. Peace out. Bye, guys. <laughs> That'll get edited out anyway, so. <laughs> I'm glad you en- enjoy this episode. <laughs> That's going to be kept in. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs>